we just recorded a podcast and we were a little bit upset about how serious we were. And I made the point that I got from Blind Boy, uh, our mutual friend who you love and I love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I jest. Uh, I'm a bigger <laughs> fan than my counterpart here. Uh, Blind Boy talks about how he abhors the... The, the the solemnity around the conversation of emotional being like and how see how serious we all take it like absolutely and, yeah you know and I was I was kind of frustrated myself I feel like maybe I was pointing the direction pointing the, the direction of the conversation in a in a in a serious tone which which isn't what I wanted to do I wanted to be a bit of crack do you know yeah, what I mean absolutely yeah so Just take the piss out of me all you want <laughs> yeah like it's it's funny like I feel that I've I've missed something do you know yeah. I really feel that I missed something in our in our in our initial conversation. I loved it. I, I thought it was very good. I'm yeah. delighted that you enjoyed it. But from let's say the host's perspective, okay. I was like, I should have. I I I needed to provoke him more. I needed yeah. to provoke get him to, to reveal something else. Like, um. But I'm wonder, I'm wondering how. Like, I'm I'm thinking, you know, when I when I came in today and talked about hosting the podcast you were you were very nervous I was and, yeah and it surprised me even because I've done a lot of things well a lot of podcasts but maybe you know I haven't opened up with kind of this sort of yeah, stuff really yeah. or going on air you know, I don't know yeah. what the element was but that probably transferred to you and then we were both kind of quite serious talking about like serious stuff but we probably were much too like kind of in that mindset of yeah do you know, thinking too much about all the answers. Yeah, right? yeah. Just... I, 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 I fall victim to maybe being worrying about being a bit too articulate, maybe at times, and I, 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 I slow my speech and I really pronounce my words and enunciate them, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's not necessarily who I am. We all know you're from Avon, but on, on an interpersonal, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, a, I'm a, you know, to many people, to very funny, uh, uh, one of my best friends from college, when he met me, he thought I was an arsehole because he's from, he was brought up in, uh, in Fox Rock. And uh, he's relatively polished, and you know, here's this shit kicker from yeah. from Nav, and wearing a you know a purple and yellow outrageous tones jersey, yeah. ga head, you know, from the country like absolute farmer. And but sure, I I heard, once right. I heard him <laughs> once I heard him speak, he was you know oh, Southside ruggers yeah. tough, yeah. bet he's an arsehole. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't it wasn't true at yeah. all. You're both arseholes, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> we loved each other. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, w- I don't want to add to the excessive seriousness problem of the issue, but at the same time, I want to, I want to get my guests to reveal something they haven't shared before. Okay, ask away. So yeah, getting back to my original, you were really nervous when I came in. Was there something you were particularly nervous I'd get out of you? I don't even think that was it. I think just the general whole experience. I was wondering, you know, probably like how you'd come across or what. Like I hadn't a clue what you were going to ask me. So I was yeah. probably, I don't think it was anything in particular that I was like, oh shit, what if you asked me that? But it was kind of just the general, I don't know, I often get like that before any of these sort of things. But yeah, particularly there for about five minutes just before we started, I was feeling Breaking quite, yeah, I was feeling quite nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you, you joked and it was, it was funny. Um, like, you know, the the lads are going to work. We're recording this conversation in your house in Dublin, where where you live with you know mutual friends of both of ours. Uh, and you you joke, oh, what's going to happen? Hours time, 
you know, he's going to pop in and, yeah. you know, I'll be in your lap in tears and I'll just be <laughs> rubbing the back of your head like, hell yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, and when you said that, I was kind of thinking, Jesus, is there is there a really emotional <laughs> yeah. and sensitive side to David oh, I that, I, that I haven't, you know. <laughs> haven't scratched his earth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I suppose that... It's important that we can we can joke about our emotional yeah. selves, you know, and and not take ourselves too seriously. Like it, it's it's a serious matter that we reveal ourselves, but it's not too serious about how how we do it. You know, there's there's some f- funny funny shit that can come out of you know the very very situations with significant gravity, like a for instance. Um, I know some people when they talk about their elderly relatives, um, you know who might be suffering with terrible neurobiological disorders yeah. like Parkinson's or dementia or Alzheimer's, and they say some funny fucking oh, shit. Oh, absolutely! You have to see the funny side. I and remember um, one of our good mutual friends. Actually, his grandmother was kind of she's an elderly lady, and she was kind of suffering yeah from. I'm not actually sure what the diagnosis was, but I think kind of Alzheimer's kind of. Do you know the kind of the symptoms of that? Confused and a bit like forgetful and stuff. But uh, <laughs> we called to visit her very randomly one day and rang the doorbell, and it took a quite while to answer. And uh, <laughs> she said afterwards, she thought it was the toaster making the noise. <laughs> we thought it was hilarious, like, but it's one of those situations where you I have mean, to just laugh. Yeah. yeah, but like you know, you could you could get caught up in. Oh, she thought we were the toaster. Isn't that so sad? No, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And it's funny to realise that that's hilarious. Like that's that's okay to to laugh at, at those experiences. Absolutely, like, you know? yeah. Um, but that's the same as you say. If you want, if you're worried about being too solemn about mental health and all, it is good to laugh at different things. You're not laughing at it. You're laughing at these experiences, and yeah, it's a good way of people to you know. We're talking earlier about seeing the humour and things and how important it is. Like, I'm definitely a big believer in that, and it's definitely a very Irish thing. The dark humour, like the gallows humour and stuff like that. Yeah, which I think it's probably. For me, it's a way like coping with things. Like you know, you you make some stupid mistake and you take the piss out of yourself, or do you know? But I think that kind of helps helps you cope with things, see the funny side of things, or like Irish people very much would laugh at it, saying you're some fucking idiot, Pat, for whatever you did, you know, yeah, the stupid yeah. thing you did. But sure, you know, once it's in good taste, it's or like the in good spirit, it's we. I I I don't know. Thankfully, I don't really know any homophobic people. But uh, they they will say to me, you know, oh, you know, do you like talking about emotional well-being? You big gay lord. <laughs> oh, you touch with your feelings. Oh, you're such a sissy. As if, you know, that has anything to do with being gay or being feminine. It it, it doesn't. As if, and as if those, those were bad things either, you know. Um, but I think I think it's it's funny to once you're not once you're not withholding someone from uh, expressing themselves, it's important to be able to to have a laugh about it. like and, you know it's very true it's true that I'm a very emotional person who's in touch with his sensitive side, let's say, and you know classically that's a pretty funny thing like yeah you know and i i don't I don't want people to be to when they see me to think, oh she's there's partner eyes and he He's a great lad. He he talks a lot about um the uh, the the, uh, the 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 mental health. Yeah, he's always oh, a good lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Like, he, I I don't I don't want people to be that solemn or um, treating you differently because of it. Unless yeah. it's like do you know required. Like people knowing that you're you might be going through a little bit of tough time. So to like put in the not the extra effort, but to just you know 
picture, touch base and all that, see you're alright. But you don't want it, as you said. You don't want people to be like, there's Pat, poor Pat's fierce looking mixed he's over. Fierce yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's awful Jesus. Yeah. He's an awful miserable fella, that Pat. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, because I, I, I hope that that's not who I am. And, and you know, it's alright to be miserable as well, yeah. you know. And it, I think trying to remove those connotations around, you know, the 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 wide variety of human experiences it's it's you know being miserable isn't yeah. a bad thing or he's he's uh you know fucking he's a bit panicky or he, he's a bit jittery <laughs> as if jittery like, that's grand yeah. you know and it's and like in some instances it might be funny i i know myself uh i've had i've had loads of panic attacks and uh, like i can, I i can kind of picture myself i i when i when i experience a panic attack i can't talk I basically lose the ability to speak, um, which is probably sometimes pretty funny. Yeah, I can't you know? imagine that. Like you can, you can imagine falling flat out talking to you. Jeez, I should have more panic attacks. Get me to stop talking. Yeah, any chance um, of one now? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, you know, you, you can, you can. I can almost imagine now in a sitcom, like you know. Uh, so someone practically turns into somebody like a dumb person like they just they just stop speaking like you know and like that's that's kind of a funny thing um you know panic attacks are, aren't necessarily you know people say there's a cliche of that's no laughing matter everything's a laughing matter yeah it, it's grand like it, it, it it's important to be able to laugh with these experiences because it removes it it takes their power away from us you know depression is a fucking powerful powerful thing but if we can take that gravity away from it, it just becomes like a normal thing which which people experience, you know, yeah, to some degree or another, you know. It, I'm not sure if normalise is the right term, but you do want people to feel that you you want you want to know, that I, it is an not an everyday thing, but you know that it is a common thing, and they're not, you know, there's nothing wrong about feeling like that. I think everyone has phases where, you know, I don't know, I don't like putting labels on things like depression or whatever, but like you have your ups and your downs or whatever, but. It is natural, and that probably is the important yeah. message. That like I, I want you know a, a big one of the big goals of the whole you your emotional well being project is uh, normalizing the human condition, or normalizing what's uh, what's going on in everybody's minds. You know, we share all our experiences. Really, I, I feel like um, there is a continuum of human experience which we all t- are placed upon. You know, so we are all able to relate with with kind of everything like you know when somebody tells you when somebody tells you oh they're sad you don't say oh sadness i've never experienced that. i don't know what you're talking about it's when somebody says they've been diagnosed as having you know suicidal ideation and you know major depression you might know what that feels like but you know what feeling sad feels like and you know what despair and hopelessness feels like because these are universal emotions and I don't know. I think there's there's a there's a there's a like there's a st- people always talk about this stigma there, and there there is a stigma around those things because you think it oh that's so alien I don't know anything about that you know loads about that just think about the no- the normal emotions you experience but ramped up like you've felt hopeless you know your fucking day was going shit and you thought I couldn't get any worse well imagine that was your life that's what it's like you have some insight into that you know. But then I think as well, you don't need to be the expert. Like it can be simple. Like in my experience, like you know, it's simple. Your friend, you know, gives you a phone call or says, "Come on, let's go get a bit of food," or 
do you know, or we go for a pint or whatever it is, like, do you want to come over, play FIFA, talk shite for the evening, do you know? It'd be little things like that where they don't even have to, it's not like you need to have this psychological understanding of the exact thing. Absolutely. It can be the little things or whatever that, you know, common from a friend or whatever. They don't have to understand exactly your thing. Once they are aware that there's something wrong, do you know, there's thousands of different ways probably you can help someone and nothing. Uh, how do you feel about implicit and explicit expression? So, you know, sometimes, um, let's say you've had a um, terrible day at work, you, you come in the door, you're, you're kind of, your head's hanging low, you, you fling your keys in the ground and you fucking saunter into the kitchen just with, with, with shrugged shoulders and um, you, you, it's clear from your body language that you're not, you're not feeling good and you kind of sit down and you eat your dinner. Um, and there's lots of things playing in your mind, but you don't express yourself. Uh, you don't you don't articulate your feelings uh, to those around you. But if those around you have any insight into your character, they know that something's amiss, and they try and help you. Um, do you think in those instances it's very important to articulate yourself or to articulate your to your, articulate your emotions, or you know, is 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 it okay? Probably depends. I think on your personality and situations. But like, I probably be quite like. I'm the type, I come in here, I'd say, how is work? Shite. <laughs> like, do you know, it wouldn't be a case of, like, let's internalise it or, like, go and stress. Like, do you know, I was saying earlier, like, great support network and stuff, like, the lads would be quite open with each other and obviously have family and girlfriend and all that stuff. So you have people to talk with, with it. So, like, and it would be a thing of, like, the humour, like, uh, even with the lads, you know, how is work? You're going to have a great day and you'd come in and you'd say shite. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's that Irish thing exactly like just complaining yeah. for the you know it's it could so be crap. the bank holiday weekend you're still giving out that you've worked on Tuesday like it's yeah, the, yeah. it's kind of the Irish outlook in ways but uh, I would say in general if you can at all talk about it it's definitely it helps yeah um, because people can help you or like a few words of encouragement or whatever or someone might turn around to you and say look I had a terrible day as well and yeah. you know you can commiserate with each other or laugh about it or yeah. compare or whatever so Stuff like that is important. But, like, yeah. it doesn't have to be a big serious thing. Like, I think casual, like, it can be as casual as... Yeah. Well, obviously, if you have something to express, you can say it, but it doesn't have to be. I think people think sometimes, like, oh, I can't talk about this, like, it's such a big deal or whatever. But, yeah. But, you know, people around you have their own things going on and stuff as well, so they're, they will yeah. understand and... It, 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 isn't, it isn't a big deal. You know, it's, it, it, I don't mean that to underplay the... the, the the seriousness and the intensity of your experience, but it's what's not a big deal is sharing it. It's it's kind of a big deal when you don't share it. Exactly, so yeah, that's, it's that's, only going to build up. Then, yeah, if that's yeah, the case. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I asked you that question about implicit and explicit communication of struggles, and I I found it in my experience it almost always has to be explicit, and maybe that's maybe part of my personality because I'm. If I'm not explicit, I come across as maybe guarded and people don't want to kind of maybe help out if, if somebody's kind of back is up, you know. Um, so I suppose I, I, it probably differs on a, on a case-by-case basis. So for me, it's very important to explicitly express it. And I suppose because of my personal experience, I'm always encouraging people to explicitly express things because people aren't mind readers, do you know, ultimately. Um, Absolutely. It's... it's until somebody makes noises with their face and that lands on your ears, they're not going to know what you're thinking. I think it works, though, even the other way. Um, like, I probably wouldn't have been great for it when I was younger, even, like, even 
the opposite thing not even when you, you're expressing when you're you're feeling down whatever but the opposite when you're feeling unhappy or you know you're or you're pleased with someone like you know that stereotype thing of you know saying to your friends like do you know what sap, inverted commas sappy show you know like, do you know like or thanks for helping me out with that or it was great or like I really appreciate you coming up to see me or do you know your family all the things they do for you like I think that's equally important like people say oh like share things when you're down but it's definitely important as well when things yeah. are going well to express that to, your, to the people around you yeah, yeah. It, kind of that a uh, expression of gratitude uh, my mum my has a phrase for having an attitude of gratitude yeah. uh, I, I'm generally not fond of rhyming three word phrases <laughs> like it but it's a, it's a good one in this context yeah. it, it's, it's, it's important to be, be grateful to those who, who are so helpful you know um, one thing that I've tried to do a lot of lately is exercising grace to me I intuit it as kind of reaching out to people from a totally out of context so for instance oftentimes I randomly think of people that I significantly care about and it's totally random it, it, well, it appears totally random so imagine I didn't talk to you for a year and six months, seven months down the line, I was like, James Smith, I just, I had a random flashback to the conversation we had and it really informed my, you know, my own emotional well-being and I just wanted to say, you know, I'm really grateful and, uh, you know, fuck it, I hope all is well and I, I, I'm excited to see you soon or something. That is a sound thing to do. That's yeah. a great message to receive. Everybody's a winner. Yeah. You feel good for, to make, for sharing something meaningful to someone else. And they feel good for reading it. It's a bit mad, but like it's great. Absolutely. Uh, there's a there's a teacher that you love from your primary school, and um, and they've really inspired you. They inspired you to to be a journalist. You haven't seen them in fifteen years, and you go, oh, I want to find their postal address and write them a letter. That's a really really sound thing to do, and you can imagine the meaning that that will bring to that person's life, and the joy that you will get from putting that in the postbox and kind of saying. I'm a legend. That's <laughs> class. That's a brilliant thing to do. Um, so I, I try, I try and acknowledge, like what you said, acknowledge the the greatness in others, and and be really genuinely thankful, and and express that thanks and joy on a, on a, on an everyday level. We're very. It's it comes natural to us in in the culture we live in to kind of express to. To wear a smile on our face, basically. To, you know, laugh when we think something's funny. To smile when we think something's, you know, smile-worthy. You haven't seen me first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, but for whatever reason, we hold back tears. What? You know, what's that about? So, if so, if you feel like crying, cry. Like, what's what's the issue with, with crying? Do you know? Yeah. Um... I just it's 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 just the flip side of that expression that we were talking about there. You know, it's important to express yourself when you're feeling happy. It's very important to kind of imp- like express yourself when you're feeling sad. Like, oh, oh no, I'm going to really you know rub my eyes very hard here, so I so so the water doesn't come out of my tear ducts. Who gives a fuck? I cry all the time. It's great. I'm actually expressing myself. I'm not withholding that pain. You know, um, but it's funny. I. There was a, a guy... I, I went down to see Blind Boy in Limerick, your boyfriend, and because uh, you love him so much. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and before he came on, he had a poet. Uh, 
he and he had a couple, a couple of spoken word pieces, and he, he was a kind of a, a rough inner city limerick guy, um, real character, br- brilliant dude, and he his name was Dirt, D- Dirt, Dirt, D U R T, I think his name was. That was his like his stage name. Yeah. Um, and it's either D I R T or D U R T. Was he Mark? Um, <laughs> he his third poem was about suicide, and it was about suicide from the perspective of the Shannon River and it was talking basically because so many people have killed themselves by jumping into the river or drowning themselves because it's it's a has an outrageously strong current and if you end up in the middle of that and you're not willing to, you're not willing to live or you don't want to live like you, you're, you're going to die um I was in tears it moved me so fucking much blew me away and it it brought brought it invigorated so much emotion in me. It was so powerful. And um, I was sitting beside my girlfriend. She was kind of holding my hand because I was on particular saying to myself because I was suicidal. And she understood that. So she it was great to have kind of her there to support me. Like yeah. Um, I told other people that it brought me to tears. Some people's reaction was like yourself, like, oh, kind of head nodding, no way, interesting. Yeah. Other people's was, oh, uh, all right, gay <laughs> yeah, boy. Kind of, what the fuck? Yeah, crying is a normal part of human experience, yeah. you know? And it was, but yet there there was some, like, oh, effeminate or homosexual aspect that, yeah. that, they, that they projected on it. As if being effeminate or homosexual was a bad thing, it's obviously I think that's not. Just ingrained from hundreds or thousands of years of not expressing things like that, of like the whole construction of being masculine and all that sort of stuff. It's would, probably more so than. Would you hold back tears? I generally, like, I genuinely can't remember the last time I cried. Yeah, I wouldn't express myself really. That way, not I see no issue in it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Like holding nothing against. Like I'd be similar to that. Like if someone wants to cry, cry if it makes you feel better, or you know, it's your way of raising points. But personally, I just generally don't ever really cry. Yeah, but it's not a oh I don't cry because yeah, it's just yeah. the way I obviously maybe internalize things more so than I'm well, not as expressive. Well, no, that that's it, it. You know, it's it's not an abnormal thing to not cry in the same way that it's not an abnormal thing to cry when I talked as a, as a universal human experience like you might you might remember the last time you cried but there was a last time you cried absolutely you might have been six months old <laughs> but it's a thing that everybody has done and I think if you haven't like, if, if you pop out of the womb and you're not bawling Reading or you're not baby. crying yeah. like, the doctor's kind of scratching their heads going oh, oh fuck yeah must look up that uh, poem by Trevor Shannon yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'll link it to you um, but it's funny now on on reflection, just kind of spitballing here, I'm a walk and talk in contradiction because I suppose I was talking about the solemnity around things. I suppose I was very serious when I was talking about this and I, I cried about this and I was ref- trying to remember, well, was that person being funny when they were like, oh, that's a bit weird or oh, you're soft or something. But it was it was a gruffness. Um, and I suppose... In in that instance, it wouldn't have been appropriate to be like, ah, you were crying, <laughs> you know. So 
it's important that we can laugh at things, but there there is sometimes it uh, there's a line. There's, there's a, well, there's an appropriate time. Yeah, like we can laugh about that idea now because I suppose the event isn't as fresh and it's not as of significant yeah. emotional salience to me. Um, in that instance, it was so. I think there's always there will always be a potential time and a place where anything can be laughed at. But I suppose if you're expressing a bit of sensitivity to someone you care about, it would be nice to not laugh in their face when they're telling you about how they were crying because they were reminded of the times they wanted to kill themselves. Just time and place, exactly. (laughs) You know. know. That's interesting. That sounds like um, the poem, The Book Thief. Have you read that book? It's a great book. Uh, But it's narrated by death. It's like you were saying to remember Shannon, but there's like a famous line in it or whatever where it says it kind of goes through the world war and kind of focuses on one character there's a lot of trauma and stuff kind of and then one of the famous lines in it is death says it's uh, it's me who's haunted by humans as opposed to the other way around so that just reminded me of it that uh, poem you're saying but yeah. it's well worth to read it's great book mortality is something I have a very very poor grasp on uh, and okay. br- uh, I, I, mean? I don't get it I can't get my head around it can't get, not not mortality. I can get my head around mortality. Actually, no problem. I, I phrased that wrong. What I don't get is bereavement. Bereavement blows my mind. I can't get my head around it. I, can you elaborate? Like how? What do you mean you can't get your head around? Like why people go through it, or why we do, why we're conditioned to it, or how? What? How the human? How humans are supposed to interpret? I don't. That's one thing I do not understand at all. But you look at animals like it's a. It is an inbuilt thing. I think it's natural. It's our instincts as much as, like you look at animals bereave as well. You yeah. know, just case like well-known cases of that or whatever. Even animals bereaving, even humans' deaths or whatever. You know, like dogs. And yeah, gr- grieving. Yeah, or their mates, or whatever. But like, it's it's not. Or is it more so the actual bereavement, the act of bereavement itself? The act of someone close to you dying. Yeah, fascinates me. I've been lucky, as I was saying earlier in our first. Yeah. Uh, talk that I haven't had you know my my granddad passing away was probably the only one that I yeah. like in close or immediate family or anything um, I'm very lucky in that sense but so I haven't gr- like experienced that to the same extent obviously that you have or other people have but yeah. like you, you can't like I can ima- only imagine that yeah, the, yeah it is one of those things that's kind of hard to get your head around or like what the why and the it's, it's not so much the why it's just it's it's the I find it very hard to intuit the phenomenon of, you know, a relationship just basically ceasing um, because one party has is no longer exists and kind of you know there's so there's so much circuitry in in your mind in your brain that's I suppose devoted to so much to that to that, that person there's so, yeah, yeah there's so much energy and time invested in in the relationship and and then it's just no more i, I it it's a it's a mental thing and one thing that i have found quite therapeutic i don't know if you have done it with your granddad but i unfortunately i'm well acquainted with bereavement um i have come from my parents come from large families and and my father died as well. So I lost a lot of aunties and uncles, and um, some some in tragic circumstances, some in kind of I suppose relatively normal kind of illness circumstances or old age and stuff. But a practice that has helped me rationalise bereavement 
in in recent years has been talking to that people that don't that yeah. aren't alive. Yeah, dead, yeah, talking to dead people like, and I feel like a bit of a lunatic. I read, no, I read a really good thing. I think it was um, it was just like a kind of a personal letter thing in a a newspaper, an online publication where it was discussing that exact thing, but it was saying that it's not someone passing away isn't the death of a relationship; it's the the death of a human body whereas the relationship all that stuff still exists obviously in your head so you can still connect with these people you might think you seem like lunatic but you're talking because you still have all that you were saying about things ceasing but it's it might be the human organism that ceases but the all those relationships and memories you have are still there they don't yeah. cease generally so you know you're saying you might feel like a lunatic talking to these people but you still have all that so if that's still all yeah. there because yeah, yeah. it's within you or whatever and as you said you've invested in the other people so it's not like that's all gone. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's like you. Obviously, it's different way of interacting, but it's still all those emotions and all that stuff is still obviously still there because yeah. you've experienced it and that doesn't cease. If you know what I mean. Yeah, that's 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 a daily way of putting it. The the, the relationship actually isn't terminated by one party dying. Um, it's mad because I'm I'm a. So I don't think it's any surprise to you. Um, I'm a very secular character, um, and irreligious in pretty much every regard. And I, I so I, I'm wouldn't place much credence in in an afterlife. Uh, not that I think anybody shouldn't yeah. do it. Do that. Of a similar disposition. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that my my irreligiosity or my secularism is something to uphold. It works for me. But I actually speak out loud. Particularly at people's graves, um, and I found it very, very useful, very useful, uh, surprisingly useful. One day I just I randomly tried it, yeah, and I was, and I felt great after it. I yeah. felt really good. Um, so I suppose, I, have have you ever tried it with your granddad? No, I probably never try it really stuff like that. But I can see like I've heard of people doing that or whatever. I'm sure. Sure, it's just projecting the things you're feeling inwardly, and you can feel you can voice them. It's still making a sort of a connection. Yeah. So, like, I do understand the logic right behind it, but it wouldn't be something that I've. Really and, and how how did how did you or, or how do you experience grief in so was it in the in the particular instance of your grandfather? Um. Well, as I was saying, like I've been lucky, so that was I say that, and he had been unwell, so you know it was a gradual. It wasn't a sudden. Um. You know, it was a relatively peaceful death or whatever stuff like that so I was probably a teenage like I was obviously upset like we all were but I wouldn't have experienced grief on an enormous scale or whatever like obviously that was upsetting but like I I don't know how I deal with it because I haven't experienced like I've seen other people around me or you know acquaintances or friends ever suffer bereavements and obviously you're you feel so sad by that when you're at the funerals and things like that, but I haven't personally, like, I don't know how I deal with something because I haven't that really. Instance. So, but in terms of your grandfather, it sounds like you're able to rationalise it uh, due to the the general decline of health and it, it, is it fair to say that you felt it kind of, it made sense, it was parsed up in a sens- so, sensible yeah. manner? Yeah, like he'd been unwell for a few years or whatever, so, like, you know it is part of life that we have to accept like death is part of life but obviously it's different then for different circumstances like if 
you know, if people die in tragic circumstances or sudden circumstances, it's obviously different for other people then processing yeah. different ways of processing. People have different beliefs and ways of processing things. So it probably is such a generic sit in the fence thing to say, but it probably is so different for every single person. Well, it is. And it's what well, it's, I think my experience is quite distinct from yours in that uh, I, when you, when you talk about it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a natural way. Like it's kind of something that people, that everyone deals with at some stage and will have to deal with. And um, so as I have a a repulsion, I get I get annoyed by by that. I I know it, it is true. That's yeah. that's not not debatable. But I think the truth value in that claim upsets me, infuriates me. That yeah. that is that the is the reality. Is. Yeah. That's the, that that's the way it is. And I think um, I don't know. Maybe if maybe it's my own personal case that my consciousness is isn't able to you know get my head around it. Because one thing that might surprise people is that grief never got any easier, ever. Like, you know, one bereavement wasn't, the, the, the last bereavement Doesn't I had wasn't any really yeah. easy, yeah. you know. I, yeah. I wasn't, uh, yeah, you know, desensitized to, yeah. oh, another one's gone, oh, sure, I'm, I'm okay, I, you yeah, know, absolutely, you know yeah. loads of people have died before, so it's grand. You know, um, so... If anything, I'd imagine it'd have the opposite effect where... Yeah, so sometimes it can kind of intensify the experience yeah. because it's like, uh, because uh, because you're familiar with that feeling of grief, and I suppose my past, my my curriculum vitae of dealing with grief hasn't been fantastic, so um, it 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 brings up probably extremely painful experiences from the past. Um, but yeah, I. I've talked about it at relative, I've talked about it before just with one person the whole idea of me not being able to get my head around bereavement um, but that um, I love I love that idea of the relationship yeah can even continuing to flourish yeah I thought it was just very well put like it was just it is a thing obviously people all worry about and question but it was just well put whatever way um, I'm just trying to find a recalled exact article I might yeah, come across it or yeah, if you, if you, I might find it on my phone whatever and send it on to you but yeah, I just like, thought yeah it was really I'd love to read and, put. and share it um, because tragedy like tragedy is is a, is, is an even more difficult thing to get me uh, to kind of intuit like um, when someone is well and then they're just all, all of a sudden they've they've died yeah um, absolutely you know, it's it's a it's a it's a very it mind boggling. Like the whole yeah. thing is just it's it's just it's so crazy. Like I I, I kind of understand it from the individual sense. Like you know, well, they just died. Yeah. But from the societal or from the familial and uh, from the, the network perspective, it's just yeah. it's, it's it's so weird. Like they they played such an important role, and but that ro- that role remains. But I suppose the the organism ceases to be. Yeah. Um. But like, would you? Or is this too personal? I'm no. turning on a host here for a second. Yeah, yeah. Would you find that you can discuss that, not that it's a shared experience, obviously everyone experiences it different, but like with your family, say, with the bereavements that you've all suffered, like is that something you can discuss with them or you do discuss with them regularly or is it very much a like... It's 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 not that it's... It's definitely not taboo, but it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's definitely a sensitive area. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mentioned how I discussed my, you know, Fast, not fascination, but total bemusement with grief, and how I discussed that with someone, I, and that was my brother. Yeah. Um, and 
he would have suffered a lot of the same bereavements I had and we're, we're very similar characters in many regards but um, we do differ from our emotional experiences we diverge there so he kind of got he kind of got it but at the same time he, he, he didn't really um, he, so like you said he, he everyone experiences grief so we can all he could definitely relate to it but I suppose the intensity the intensity of my confusion was something he could understand why I was confused, but he he didn't really get. He's like, "Whoa, you're really really confused." Um, is it not just normal, you know? But I was even from an an empirical sense, like from a scientific and neuroscientific perspective. Science boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I was I was fascinated like by just the just the the psychology of it and how one is supposed to get their heads yeah. around it, you know. Um, is is there is there a path or a method of or method yeah. or than ignorance um, and I suppose that question isn't fully answered that idea of the relationship persisting I feel is pa- is, is, a, is a good chunk of the picture but maybe not the whole one at least just yeah. yet maybe when I reflect on it more it'll make sense and you're not the only one like if you look at every race or of humans, all the gods and all that—that that is the way of explaining. You know, it's the comforting thing of, you know, this person's passed away. I can't wrap my head around it, but they're gone to this. Mm. Or they might like. I'm not saying it's not true or it is true, but that's why probably like religion. You know, it's the well. There's a greater reason for this, and there's greater forces at play, and mm. all that stuff. That's what uh, you can see the comfort in that for people who are devout believers. You know, yeah. if they suffer bereavement, they think, well, my whoever it is to me is gone to somewhere better and I'm going to see them again afterwards you yeah. can see the appeal I know yeah. you personally aren't yeah. subscribing to that but yeah. I'm not saying that's right or wrong yeah. I'm not particularly religious at all myself either yeah. so I see I see the I suppose the rationality and I, I see the kind of coping mechanism aspect of it but um, I suppose being a being a, an empiricist it it just it, it, it doesn't being a scientist as you're trying to say that. as 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 a scientist uh, I've received a lot of flack for a time in the past where I described myself as a scientist as if that identified me with any sort of credential um, yeah uh, like that that's that's I I think I I made this point before but it's it's an important one so I'm really trying to hammer it home that I'm thoroughly glad that when I used that phrase as a scientist, that I was absolutely berated and still am because still I, are, oh yeah, because I deserve it. Yeah. I deserve that beration because identifying yourself seems to, to me, I think when people identify themselves as anything, they're putting themselves as if they have some special insight. And like, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't. You're just another person piece of paper, with yeah. another idea. <laughs> You know, um, I I didn't even have the piece of paper that time. I was just what I was trying to say is from you know from my perspective, which is largely based on empiricism. This is why I don't ha- have credence in the idea of ghosts, which I think yeah. is what we were talking about, or the supernatural. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the idea of you know you don't need credentials to talk about human experience. So if you don't need to be a, a clinical psychologist, a fucking qualified psychotherapist, or a psych- psychiatric doctor, or nurse, whatever, to articulate any of these ideas. These are normal stuff. So, uh, 
yeah, I, I don't want that barrier to be there. I think that was a good addition. Yeah, that was much better than the first mm. one. Yeah. I'd nearly just not go with first one at all and just go with that. Yeah, I want to listen to both, yeah. both, and it might be a case of the second one being more useful. Yeah, with the first one being available. 